Hey there, everyone. So do you ever get tired of the same old ways of seeing things? Do you ever get the urge to cut through the world of everyday surface appearances and look for the light that's rare in the depths? Well, then maybe, just maybe, the wisdom of podcast is for you. Because in this podcast, we explore great works of philosophy and literature and art and try to pull out of them what's most interesting and invigorating and inspiring. Whether they come from the works of Plato, or Dostoevsky, or Picasso, here we explore ideas that move mountains and rock the soul. So come join us, won't you? Come worship at the altar of ideas and come celebrate the dancing of thought. And don't be afraid of the leaping sparks as you can be certain of one thing, they will kindle the light inside of you. Welcome to the wisdom of coming up today. Happiness is overrated. Young in the 90s was it was different. I really want to say better, but I I don't want to offend the sensitive people out there from other decades, particular later decades. Uh, you know who you are, which I guess kind of proves that the 90s were better. That said, I don't want to give us too much credit because. Kind of like the uh, the idealistic hippies of the 60s that ultimately grew up and became like the, the grossest of capitalists in the 80s, it kind of seems like 90s kids have gone from being, well, I don't know, like a, being like kids desperately trying to, trying to watch cutting edge adult themed. No, I'm not talking about pornography, just honest to goodness adult artistic films like you know you're young and you try to sneak into all the cool and interesting art house stuff but we've grown up and we've turned into middle-aged mopes obsessing over children's movies we've gone from hey boys i know we're only 13 but let's try and sneak into the uh, latest martin scorsese bloodstained epic to now we make uh, teary TikTok videos because Martin Scorsese doesn't like that every other film is Iron Man versus the human squid or some such thing. Now, if you will excuse me, I'm going to spend the next few minutes avoiding looking in any mirrors. But one thing I can say that the 90s had going for it, at least in music, the rock and roll of the early 90s, it didn't place a premium on quote-unquote happiness. It was serious, it was depressing, angst-ridden, and darn it, we loved it. It even got satirized in a, the Kids in the Hall movie, Brain Candy, with their version of a rock god bemoaning a new drug that had the audacity to try to make people happy, to which said rock god concluded, fudge happy, except he didn't say fudge. Now, I'm assuming that you're not going to go so far as to say fudge happy, 
but maybe you're going to be talking about uh, mildly fudging a certain understanding of the notions of happiness. Not as catchy, but perchance more interesting. Hey, I remember that serious and depressing music. You're right. That was great while it lasted. But yeah, as you said, hopefully today we can try to get a bit more nuanced about happiness. There's definitely lots to say about it. Okay, but before we get underway here, I just wanted to mention something. So, for those of you who enjoyed our Top Philosophy Quote series that we started a while back, what I've done is I've created a brand new podcast specifically devoted to that. It's called, well, not surprisingly, The Top Philosophy Quotes of All Time. And, like the wisdom of, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify and pretty much everywhere that you find this podcast. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that in case you're interested. And again, just a big thanks for listening. Let's do a quick little thought experiment. Uh, Actually, more of a kind of a visualization exercise. I'm assuming, despite my bizarre 90s rant at the beginning, that many of you are in fact like me and view happiness as a, a pretty good thing. Hot take, I know, but I stand by it. Furthermore, I'd wager my entire wisdom of salary that most of us have our ideas and happiness intrinsically linked, kind of handcuffed to pleasure, that being happy equals maximizing pleasure. Now, here's where the visualization part is going to come into play. Everyone out there, close your eyes and imagine what a completely unburdened, unrestrained pleasure seeker would look like. So when you picture that, what's the word that comes to mind? What do you see? My first word was gross. Like I imagined a a mid-50s guy in a Speedo, skin like leather. He's skinny, yet somehow he still has a paunch out front. Greasy, oily, bleached hair, gold chains, disgustingly slathered in baby oil, and he's got an extended pinky finger with a telltale coke nail on it. Like I said, the first word that came to my mind was gross. How about you? Gross? Maybe pathetic? Maybe sad? Assuming I won my earlier wager, I would take my winnings and bet the doubling of it all on the first word not coming to mind being happy. Wow. Thanks for uh, that image. That's going to be hard to erase from my mind now. But yeah, I I take your point. Happy maybe isn't the best word to describe this guy, even though I take it he's feeling pretty good. Okay. Well, so before I get into that, I just want to give some context here. So I know that we've talked a bit about happiness before, but actually, when I think about it, quite a bit of that has had more to do with, well, more ancient views of happiness. I mean, if memory serves, I think we had an episode on Aristotle and happiness, and even one on Epicurus and happiness. And uh, check those out if you're interested, of course. But anyway... I don't think we've ever directly just looked at how it is that we view happiness today and what, if any, issues there might be with it. Well, that said, let's just jump into it then. Okay, so 
how exactly do we understand happiness today? And how important is it for us? Well, to the question of how we understand it, I would say that our modern or contemporary society mostly thinks of happiness as something like a positive state of mind, or maybe more specifically, as some kind of uplifting feeling of joy or peace. Basically, happiness, for us, is pretty much just feeling good. And um, to the question of how important this good feeling is for us, well, I would say it's absolutely paramount. I mean, think about the prevalence of the variations of the smiley face icon, whether button or emoji form. An icon, by the way, that was created in 1963 by an advertising executive. And, um, incidentally, he didn't secure copyright. How unfortunate for him, right? Anyway, what about our constant smile for the camera and for the selfie? What about the hugely popular use of mood-altering drugs, from serotonin reuptake inhibitors to benzodiazepines? What about all the, um, how-to-feel-peace-of-mind-and-rid-us-of-our-agitation apps out there? There is clearly a restlessness for good feeling and peace of mind that drives our modern society. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, it's not really a stretch to see Aldous Huxley's great novel, Brave New World, as really prescient here. I mean, like the world that Huxley created, I think you could say that we too are now mostly living in an, well, let's call it, an overly contented and distracted world. That's to say, just as in Brave New World, ours is also one that ensures the constant consumption of pleasure and the removal of almost everything that's unpleasant or painful. There just aren't too many John the Savages left out there, are there? You know, Huxley's protagonist, who, despite the peer pressure, imagines that there might be something more to life than good feeling and who yearns for a higher consciousness. Now, on this point of the removal of the unpleasant, I mentioned mood-altering drugs a second ago. Now, I know that there are, of course, very important and legitimate therapeutic uses for them, like, for example, to control serious depression. But still, there is a concern here. The concern is that in our pursuit of good feeling, What we seem to be increasingly doing is crossing the line between medical therapy and just pleasing ourselves or enhancing our lifestyles. I don't know when any mental unpleasantness becomes an objection to life, and so something that needs to be treated with drugs, I think we may have a big problem. Anyway, so so back to the point about happiness more broadly. So I want to try to argue that this kind of conception of happiness happiness as just a mere feeling, is not only overrated, but it's deeply, deeply problematic. Ultimately, I just don't think it's a worthy conception of happiness. Okay, so why is that? Well, so first of all, if happiness is uh, just a good feeling, then isn't it possible to have that required feeling, yet be a really bad person and totally morally unworthy? In other words, isn't it possible to to be a morally depraved monster 
but one who at the same time enjoys the good feeling we seem to identify with happiness. But to be gratified by wrongful or despicable action, that just doesn't seem to be worthy of a genuine account of happiness, does it? Or to put it another way, if the despicable person is considered happy, then is there something wrong or maybe incomplete with our conception of happiness? Does our conception have to be more substantive and robust? Should it include the idea that a decent moral life has to be a part of it? Okay, well, so that's not the only issue. What about this case? What if somebody is completely deluded, yet again the requisite good feeling is there? So, imagine someone, I don't know, who thinks they're a Alexander the Great or something. And they're feeling really good all the time because they're taking pleasure in their imagined power and fame and their conquering. Now, are they happy? Well, it seems that they are, according to our contemporary view of it. But yet the question still lingers, namely, if happiness defined as feeling good is not at all connected to reality, then what is it really worth? And hey, while we're at it, what about the importance of truth or knowledge when it comes to happiness? I mean, suppose, I don't know, someone of adult age suffers a terrible accident and they become damaged to such an extent that they become like a, like a small child again. And so, because of this, they're also content like a child would be. Again, that good feeling is there, right? But the question is, is good feeling, grounded in ignorance, really a worthy conception of happiness? Anyway, you get the point. Again, the question is, is feeling good or peaceful when it's disconnected from moral goodness, from accomplishment, and from truth and reality, does it amount to a worthy view of happiness? And if the answer is no, if happiness doesn't have to be earned and be connected to reality, then isn't happiness a, a really skimpy and overrated thing? Or, to put all this another way, if our contemporary view of happiness is right, then hey, it seems like the best strategy for me would be to distort reality, harbor illusions, and know myself as little as possible. Just imagine how happy that would make me. Okay, well it seems to me that part of the problem here is that what we're doing is we're overvaluing the conscious or experiential component of happiness. And this is what weakens its value. That's to say... We emphasize the positive mental state, but ignore the means or the sources by which that state is attained. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about the prevalence today of mood-altering drugs. What we want is the good or relaxed feeling, and how we get it doesn't matter. We'll sacrifice our values and our effort and our creativity if it means attaining that conscious state that equals happiness. Now, I said that this understanding of happiness weakens its value, because deep down, I think that most of us realize that many of the most important things in life, like the pursuit of truth and virtue and accomplishment, are things that are accompanied by hardship, 
not just pleasant or peaceful feelings. I think many of us know, deep down, that as hard as it is today, we should try to resist the allure of a soft world that prizes leisure and distraction over purposeful action, hard work, and discomfort. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, the way I see it is that we either acknowledge that happiness, understood as good feeling, isn't the only or most important thing in life, and that it's separate from things like truth and morality and accomplishment and meaning, things that also have value. So, in this case, we simply have to choose between having more effort, accomplishment, and meaning in our life, or more happiness. Or we can do something else, somewhat like uh, Aristotle counseled. We can expand our conception of happiness to include all of these things. So here, happiness would become a much more robust or thick concept, one that's able to encapsulate all those aspects of a life that we acknowledge as being valuable, like sacrifice, truth, a connection to reality, and virtue. So according to this view then, happiness is not some simple feeling that we passively receive. But really, it's something that we have to earn. It's something we have to be worthy of. I don't know. Maybe the old adage is true. Maybe only things that take great effort are worth having. Maybe, if it comes too easily, it's not really happiness. Or, if it is, then it's just simply overrated. Listening to the Wisdom of Podcast. If you want to know more about this topic or the podcast in general, visit wisdomofpod.com. And as usual, we love to read your questions and comments. Reach us at info at wisdomofpod.com or on Twitter at wisdom underscore pod. Our next episode 